Hello and welcome to We Heard Wonders, the music podcast is a real dead dragon for love. Hello everybody, it's Ian from Glasgow Band, The Deadline Shakes, and you can find us on all the social medias at Deadline Shakes. And my name is Andrew, I buy records and talk about them on Instagram at kidagh86. And everyone should follow Andrew's Instagram, do it. Um, I just want to come right, come right out the traps and just say that I have a throat infection this week, so if I sound weird, um, it's not the regular audio gremlins that I let creep into our podcast, it's actually just my ruined, ruined throat. I think um, you sound fine, man. I think you sound very sexy today. Oh, well. Um, well, I don't. F- I absolutely do not feel it. Let me tell you. Um, yeah, it's only. Listen, to be fair, it's only sore if I eat or breathe or swallow or drink. Then, if, if I do any of those things, it's sore. So, if I just avoid those, it's okay. But when you're podcasting, it feels great. Oh, like I'm walking on sunshine when I'm podcasting. Um, yeah. So, I, I just wanted to kick us off this week, Andrew, by giving a shout out to two listeners of ours um, yeah. mm-hmm. who go by the name of Stee and uh, Marco9109, which you think is Marcus, um, who have supported the podcast massively this week by uh, buying us some coffee at www.buymeacoffee.com slash wondos. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's amazing. It is, yeah. Thanks you, thank you so much. And if anybody else feels like getting us a hot beverage, that would be um, really appreciated as well. Yeah, I just want to point out as well that uh, Andrew and I don't just go down the coffee shops of the south side where Andrew lives and just guzzle coffees left and right with this money. Um, it actually goes towards the production of the podcast um, because, in fact, in, in a way, it actually really goes towards uh, goes to the artists that we play um, because we have to pay for. Uh, performance royalties um, for the artists that we play. Um, so we 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 funded that ourselves um, for the first year. Uh, but every time someone donates to us financially, that helps go towards our like ongoing uh, running costs. So I just uh, not too much of like how the sausage is made, but I just wanted to sort of explain like why why we're asking people to donate. It's not so we get you know coffee daft or whatever. It's um, <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just so that we can uh, keep yeah. making podcasts. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Andrew, the music world was um, rocked this week by the death of uh, Meatloaf. What's your th- what are your thoughts on Meatloaf's music the and yeah, the loaf, the nut loaf? Um, yeah, it's obviously as it a big, big loss, literally and figuratively. You know, he was a huge character, and um, yeah, I, I've never claimed to be the, the biggest fan of his music, but you've got to admire just how kind of full full-bodied and full-blooded his performances were you know he really put on a show yeah and he knew how to to make a theatrical racket so no i think i think you know there's a lot to be said for for his his music and he's a bit of a kind of figure of fun to a degree but you know he made some great great tracks and great great records you know especially with uh, todd rundgren yeah who produced the battle of hell and obviously jim steinman who who wrote all the songs you know that was an incredible a partnership with those three yeah. guys and uh, I know Jim Steinman his kind of vision for it was a mixture of Spectre Springsteen and Wagner and I think he definitely <laughs> achieved that with uh, Meatloaf so yeah, you've, you've got to hand it to them yeah I like I, I read a lot about Meatloaf uh, over the weekend when I heard heard the news um, and I, I didn't really appreciate that he was so um, he was so careful over his own 
public image and he was very careful about what he did do and what he didn't do um, mm-hmm. so he he was in a variety of bands and was making music but he, he didn't really want to be in a chart topping rock band even though he was a very talented singer and, and all that sort of stuff um, and was really waiting for the right opportunity so um, the fact that Battle of Hell was a, a big smash was was actually quite a calculated move it wasn't so mm-hmm. much just a kind of lucky a lucky thing of you know people's tastes and, and what they were presenting arriving at the same time um, and uh, ironically my, my pals and I were chatting on a group chat about, about uh, Meatloaf over the weekend and quite a few of us uh, maybe it's just the age we're at, but quite a few of us had actually had pretty, um, you know, formative musical um, feelings about Meatloaf because we all heard Meatloaf songs quite early. Had a sort of career resurgence in the early nineties, so that's round about the time we were starting to listen to pop music. And yeah, the massive hit, obviously, in the early nineties with "I Would Do Anything." Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. So there was I, something I about those videos as well. You know, I watched Top of the Pops every week and seeing seeing those. Big grand epic videos. I think there was that, that one. He was was it the kind of Beauty and the Beast style? <coughs> that was right. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like yeah, just you know, you never forget images like that. Yeah, uh, off the back, I think there was also a, there was a Disney Beauty and the Beast round about then as well. So it was just kind of all, all right, yeah. fitted in with what was going on in popular culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll I'll miss Meatloaf. You know, he was yeah. he was pretty good on like a a TV panel show as well, and you know, a, a, an interview. Uh, he was and he was a stand-up comedian as well. He's in Fight Club, the movie Fight Club. Um, yes. so he's in a, Space World as well. Yes, in Space World. <laughs> yeah. um, if that was as calculated a, a choice. Uh, seems like maybe not. <laughs> uh, although he probably got probably got that dollar for doing it, so maybe you never know. Um, good on him. Good on him for getting the dollar. So anyway, Meatloaf, we salute you. Um, and uh, yeah, so we, his music. I don't know. I can't take a lot of it. Uh, yeah. It's you know you can dip, dip in and out of it, but I did enjoy blast a few tracks with my with my daughter over the weekend. I was explaining who he was, and she got a good kind of. I think kids kind of. I don't know if it just resonates with kids a little bit because it's so melodramatic. It's really mm-hmm. easy to understand. There's no. It's it's really pretentious, and it's so pretentious. It's almost not really all that pretentious anymore. It just sort of just bearing its soul. It just here I am. Look at me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's right. It's got that musical theatre vibe to it. Definitely. Definitely. Big emotion. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay, so that's us. We've talked about Meatloaf. Um, it's time to move on to what is new. Music industry never stops, Andrew. It doesn't, no. And we've got five exciting new tracks to talk about. Yeah. And they're all super diverse. They are. I think so, yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a good a good discussion. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, would you like to tell us who we're listening to this week? No problem. So, yep, so we've got new tracks from Melody's Echo Chamber, Daniel Rawson, Pastor Champion, Nilifer Yanya, and Robert Glasper with Assorted Mates. Yes, and we've got a lovely uh, vinyl word from you as well, Andrew, to, to play us out at the end of this week's podcast. Um, cool. So I think without further ado, we should just get straight into um, straight into Melody's Echo Chamber. What say you? I say yay. You say yay. Okay, well, this is Melody's Echo Chamber, and the track is called Looking Backward. Here we go.
guys so that was Melody's Echo Chamber and the track is called the lovely track is called Looking Backward um, so Andrew not an, art, not an artist I'm at all familiar with this one I have to admit um, French singer I believe but that's pr- pretty much all I know so uh, would you like to would you like to fill us all in yeah absolutely so Melody's Echo Chamber are responsible for two in my opinion two of the finest neo-psych records of the last decade um, so the first one was a self-release record in 2012 and it was made with Melody's then boyfriend Kevin Parker from Tame Impala so um, yeah he was he had a real kind of they almost made that as a kind of you know, joint collaboration there's, there's a lot of kind of Tame Impala uh, sounds on that record and it came out the same year as Lonerism mm. uh, the fantastic uh, Tame Impala record so it kind of works as a companion piece to that record um, and then she 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 kind of went away for about six years. Took a while to release the the follow up. It was delayed as well because she was involved in a serious um, accident oh. uh, that kind of set the the release of the record back about a year. Uh, but when that album arrived, it was just a fantastic record. I thought it was a little bit more kind of diverse as a record. So it had those kind of typical kind of psych signifiers, but it also had some really kind of interesting uh, production touches, like it had some auto-tune in there. It had kind of hip-hop scratching. It had um, this weird Antipodean poetry uh, delivered by a guy from Pond uh, that was just a bit kind of surreal and bizarre. So she, she is kind of capable of that. I think she, she called that album an adult, an adult promise to my inner child's heart. Um, so she... So very kind of playful, um, very kind of surreal in a way. But um, yeah, modern psych music at its best, I think. Um, and it's been another little layoff, uh, but now she's coming back with her third uh, LP, and this is the first track from it. Um, so this track's quite typical of the types of tracks that she tends to uh, kind of tease her projects with. It's a little bit more straightforward than some of the, the stuff that I think we'll get on the actual album itself. You know, it's quite a direct... Uh, relatively radio friendly, uh, I would say, and yeah. you know it's now in three minutes, and it, but it, you know, it just it's, it's just a kind of reminder of what she does, and yeah, just just trying to encourage people to kind of welcome her back with open arms, kind of thing. So yeah. I, I do, I do think this is a good track. I like I this track. There'll be more to come in, on the album itself. Yeah, I like this track. It was sort of like the audio equivalent of a big foamy bubble bath. I thought, like, nice and uh, luxurious and warm, and it had this all the hallmarks of it being a a bit of French psych pop. Um, yep. If I just read almost at random some of the lyrics as well, you can definitely tell it's that sort of arty French um, feeling that's that's going for here. So, constellation of love. I know that dream. It can't be real. And where do you come from? I guess I could try. Did seem aligned. Like so each line is almost like separate from the previous one and the next one. They're just mm. kind of little, little individual worlds of meaning. They're sort of semi connected to each other. Quite interesting, I thought. Um Yeah, absolutely. I, I really liked her voice. Um I'm I'm not sure absolutely what it reminded me of, but it definitely reminded me of something. Um but maybe it's just I don't I don't know. I don't want to say anything sort of bizarrely xenophobic here but it made me think of French female singers in general um, you know, pop singers that is rather than anyone in particular if that makes sense mm-hmm. um, so yeah quite very breathy yeah I'm, I'm, I, to clarify I don't mean Edith Piaf here I mean of pop singers like 60s <laughs> 70s type of thing um, yeah but no she's she's a really cool artist um, and I, I think this will be another 
uh, cracking record. She she said for this one that she's she swapped Paris for the clean air of the Alps. So I think she's she's obviously kind of moving into a new phase in her life. And yeah, this is quite a kind of uh, contemplative record. She's now, talked about sonic sonic transcendency. Right, listen, um, Andrew. Listen, Andrew. Yeah, you, you, I know we're drifting into that area again. Yeah, well, no. Listen, I've had positive feedback about about this uh, bit where I quote people's uh, press <laughs> releases because um, you sort of expose like a sort of uh, a different side to the person that maybe the track the track doesn't. In a way, mm. as well, I feel like um, with the track when someone's trying to be artistic and we have this sort of um, acceptance of the fact that it might be a little bit you know, out there and we just let it go because it's music, because it's audio, we just go, okay, that's fine. And if it's theatrical, it's theatrical. Um, but something about it being printed in front of you in black and white just seems kind of, I don't know, weird somehow. And I really like how jarring that is. Yeah. Um, anyway, if anyone was going to, if any of the artists this week were going to give us some cracking press release, it was definitely going to be the arty, French, breathy, psych pop singer. Uh, and I, I was not disappointed. I went looking for this, and I was not disappointed with this one. Let me. I hope I'm not build, building it up too much. But here we go. Um, she says, "I wrote the lyrics on my way to Stockholm, in transit at the airport. There was a man creating light reflections with his watch and playing with light on the floor and walls. It felt like an act coming from a source of pure creativity. It made me happy to catch it and inspired me to write the song." Wow. He caught the creativity. Wow. <laughs> so that song apparently is inspired by a guy reflecting his watch onto the floor. Um, which I don't know, but you have never, I've only ever found that irritating in my life. I've never, I've never looked at that phenomenon and gone, right, I'm inspired. But there you go. Well, that's the difference between you and a, you know, a real artist, Ian. That's true. That's absolutely true. <laughs> That's why I'm just in my own echo chamber, and she's a successful, uh, a successful singer. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I, I actually really enjoyed the track. I thought it was nice and fun and light, and uh, and it, it gives you a pure shot of uh, that French psych pop stuff, which is pretty good. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, right. Well, I think that we've rounded that off nicely. So let's um, zoom straight on with our next artist, which is Daniel Rawson. Um, I believe he's ex of Grizzly Bear. Am I right in saying that? He is. He is. Um, and this is a sing a solo track um, from his new record, and it's called Shadow in the Frame. Here we go. Creatures find all 
guys so that song is called shadow in the frame um by daniel rawson and i just prefaced the track by saying um that this guy's ex of the of the band uh, grizzly bear um who i discovered through the magic of spotify grizzly bear a few years ago um was just on listening to some some sort of playlist i've no idea what it was and a grizzly bear track came on and i thought wow that's really cool so did a little bit of clicking through and listening to a little bit of that so I was quite disappointed when I was doing a bit of research on, on this track to find out that they'll probably never make music together uh, ever again was what the was the indication I, I had. Do you do you know Grizzly Bear, Andrew, or are you just coming to this totally fresh or No I do, yeah. I'm yeah, I'm, I was I was and have been a big fan of theirs, absolutely. Yeah. Um certainly the some of the previous records, Yellow House in particular and the the Catamist as well. Uh, and Shields, actually, the one after that. All, all great records. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, and I must admit, I didn't actually know that, that they kind of announced that they're on this hiatus, and as you say, they probably won't uh, play together again. 
Yeah, so Daniel Rawson, he was one of the two primary songwriters in the group, um, alongside Ed Drost. And um, he said about this new record um, that he is re-energised by the act of unfettered expression and newfound self-sovereignty. Yeah. Um, which suggests that maybe he wasn't happy being, you know, um, a co-songwriter in that yeah. group any longer. He didn't want to be George yeah, to the other guys, Paul and, Paul and John. Yeah, which is a which is a shame. Yeah, because yeah, I think they were a, a really quite unique group in a lot of ways, and uh, yeah, one of the more kind of experimental acts within the alternative rock pitchfork type scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it'll be sad if they haven't if they're not going to play together anymore. Yeah. Um, having said that, I mean th- this track sounds uh, like Grizzly Bear all in name. Really, it is just what he was doing in Grizzly Bear, but under his own name. Yeah, um, and I do enjoy this track. I think it's it's good. It's got all those kind of hallmarks of Grizzly Bear, those kind of instrumental shifts, the kind of spidery guitar work, the jazzy chords that come in. Yep. Every so often, and the bursts of noise as well, um, and the kind of the woodwind and instrumentation that that that's kind of uh, floating around in the mix as well. So I think it's got all of that, and yep. it's got his um, quite distinctive vo- vocals as well. Yeah, it's got that kind of um, indie folk feeling and we've we've talked about that with a number of artists in in weeks gone by um about how there just seems to have been this sort of implosion of um indie folk over the last decade of really good really good stuff lots of different artists we could name um and yeah i think this track is is in that um in that oeuvre to use a bit of the old french there I'm still inspired by the first the first song today um <laughs> and uh yeah so two two standouts for me on this track um where the guitar playing is is you described it as spidery. I think that's a that's a very good description. It's it's virtuoso stuff though. I mean, it's it's really really yes. impressive. Very very good. Um, it's one of the things that's it's not in your face virtuosity. Um, it's not Eddie Van Halen, but it's it's just so subtle and so good all the way through. Very flexible yeah. and that type of playing is not easy to achieve. Um, and shout out as well to the drums. I really like the drums in this track, and I thought that they, when they arrive approximately halfway through, they just sort of stiffen the whole thing up and give it a bit of heft um, and take it away from just being just a sort of folky, shuffly kind of acoustic thing and, and take it into something just a bit a bit broader and a bit bigger. Um, that's the thing which I actually love about Fleet Foxes, um, mm-hmm. I love how they I love how they use the rhythm section of that band to widen the scope of these um, songs, which can be very intimate and small, but then mm-hmm. sometimes just are given this uh, this grandeur. And I, f- I thought there was an element of that to this track as well, um, and uh, yeah, and I, I I really like I really like the sound of this. I'm looking forward to listening to this record. This is one that's definitely on my uh, to listen to uh, yeah list. So yeah, very good. good. Top pick this week, I think. Yeah, I, I, I do. I do enjoy it. I think sometimes, sometimes I find with Grizzly Bear's work that I'm kind of admiring the artistry of the construction of it, rather than being emotionally, you know, emotionally attached to it. If you see what I mean, I, I think sometimes it's, it's more re, more music for your head than your heart a yeah. little bit with them. Um, and I'll probably say that again with this track, but. They, they they are very impressive in what they can create musically. I'll give a give a shout out to um, an EP that Daniel Rawson made in 2012 because I, I think it's one that maybe a lot of fans 
kind of missed out on or didn't quite pick up on him. But I think it's among his best work, actually. It's like a five-track EP that he did. It came out the same year as um, The Shields. So I think a lot of people kind of missed out on it, but I'd really recommend that. Check it out. It's got some lovely George Harrison-style guitar on that one. Oh, okay. Um, so it's called Silent Hour Golden Mile. Silent Hour so Golden Mile. If you're wanting more of that sound between now and April when his new album comes out, and I'd definitely recommend checking that out as well. Yeah. I'm just like... I'm like the first listener of this podcast as we make it because I'm just like scribbling stuff down there when you said it. So there we go, Okay. Um, cool. Yeah, I, I think, to be honest, no spoilers for the rest of the podcast, but it's tough to top that for me. That was that was a beaut this week. Really, really enjoyed that one. Good. Um, I needed it. It was a nice soothing balm for my throat infection. Um, <laughs> cool. So where does, that, where does that take us to? So next up we have... Uh, something completely different uh, by Pastor Champion. Yeah, this is just like oozing authenticity, this song. Um, yep. It's a, a little rough around the edges here and there, but absolutely oozing authenticity, which you'll, you'll see what I mean in a wee second. So um, I just want to be a good man to be used by you um, by Pastor Champion. Here we go. I was made by your hand From the dirt and clay you made man I'm part of your divine plan With your power, Lord, I'm able to stand I want to be a good man In your divine plan Lord make me a vessel to be used by you to be used by you to be used by you one more time to be used by you the potter and I'm only I'm only fragile clay but you can make me mold me Jesus any way you want to I'll be satisfied I won't mind I'll be happy to be used by you, to be used by you, to be used, Lord, by you, want to be used by you. Tell me, tell me, tell me, Jesus. What do you want me to do, 
Jesus Want me to sing I'll do it Want me to preach Lord I'll do it Whatever you say I'll do it I just want to be A good man Used By the potter's hand Want to be a good man, listen to this right here. To be you, by you. To be you, Jesus, by you. To be used, by you. Just wanna be you, Jesus. Oh, I wanna be you, by you. Wanna be you. By you, wanna be you. By you. So that was Pastor Champion. I just want to be a good man to be used by you. Um, so this has come out on Luaka Bop uh, Records, which is the record label. I think it's. I think David Byrne uh, runs it. Might be wrong. He's, I think he's what? definitely involved anyway. Um, and they're really good at kind of delving deep and finding really interesting archi- archival stuff. And yeah, just a really interesting label, but this is actually something new. So they were, they were putting together uh, an incredible gospel compilation a few years ago uh, called The Time for Pieces Now that I'd really recommend. So they, they were putting that together and that was kind of sourcing uh, local gospel recordings around America and uh, bringing them together. Uh, but when they were kind of um, researching that project, they were kind of listening to a lot of uh, recordings that were made in Baptist churches and that kind of thing. And yeah. one of the recordings that they came across was by this guy, Pastor Champion, and they got to know him and they really liked him as a character and they decided to actually record um, some of his work. Um, so really, really interesting guy. This says here, Pastor Champion wasn't like any other pastor you'd ever met. He was an itinerant preacher, a carpenter, and a father of five. Um, so he would kind of like travel around California playing guitar and doing sermons for, for people. And um, apparently he had like an over of about 2,000 songs and segments of, I don't know, sermons and yeah. old gospel songs that he would deliver and that kind of thing. And he, he has like an incredible backstory. I don't know if you if you read anything about this this week. Have you? Have well, you I was, yeah, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna chat about it. Yeah, but like, um, just just before we get to that, like something about this track that's really interesting to me is there's a level in which this track is like it's pretty good, right? Um, it's got like it's recorded on ancient an ancient two track recorder, so it sounds like authentic gospel. It's him playing guitar and singing. His voice is soulful and tuneful, um, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say his voice is like exceptional, really. I mean, no. there, there, there are other people who do that style, I would say, even more competently. Um, but I think to look at the track, and even actually in the lyrics as well, I think we think it's his own composition. We can't be absolutely certain. But um, there's a couple of lyrics in here that are kind of a bit clumsy relating to like, God is a um, a potter is one metaphor, and I'm, you're the God's the kitchen, and I'm the plate and stuff like this. Metaphors that are a bit clunky that just don't absolutely perfectly work. I don't think, mm-hmm. but 
to reduce this track down to just that, I think misses the point a little bit. Um, because it, it, to me, it is part of the big oral history of Black America, which I think was the mm-hmm. direction we were about to start talking in there. Um, yep. So yeah, I, def- I did my research on this one. And I will add as well, this is the definition of unbelievably good press release and good good liner notes. This oh, yeah. this stuff is this stuff is priceless. <laughs> In fact, I would say that fifty percent of the experience of of this track, um, as good as it is on its own. Is, is probably in the research and, and learning a bit about this guy yeah. who I knew absolutely nothing about. So if you'll allow, if you allow me, Andrew, I'm just going to read a little bit of this of this line on it, if, if you don't mind, because yeah. it is it's it's unbelievable. Like it's actually incredible. Yeah. Um, so as you said, these chaps were doing the research. They found this guy, and they wanted him to speak um, as well as just as well as play music, which apparently wasn't too keen on. Don't know if you've read this bit. Yeah. Um, so they said. Over the next few months, we kept asking Champion to talk to someone about his life. He told us that he didn't want to talk about growing up in Louisiana, his mother being accosted by the Ku Klux Klan, or that his father was a gambler. He didn't want to talk about being jailed for 90 days for using a whites-only bathroom, being in gangs, or having a street name. We told him that was fine. He could talk about what he wanted to talk about, and he told us that he didn't want to talk about anything. Um, It's remarkable stuff, man. Incredible stuff. (laughs) Very cool. Yeah. What do you think about the track itself, Andrew? I I, I do really enjoy it. I think it, 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 the the emotion does come across for me. I, I I like the I like the idea of having a track called "To Be Used by You" as well. Like if you think about what 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 a kind of modern day pop track would sound like with that title. Yeah. You know, but here it's yeah yeah. You say there's some clumsy metaphors, but there's that idea of Lord use me as a vessel. To, mm-hmm. I want to be a vessel to be used by you. I think that is there's something really kind of beautiful about that. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think his his um, spirituality really comes through in the track. Yeah, the authenticity of the delivery is is off the page, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think if this was sung by Britney Spears, we may feel differently about it. Uh, I think the the artist and the and the package and the track are all are all yeah. wound up in one one good thing. Absolutely, yeah. and all, all the kind of soul music that I'm drawn to, um, this been it does tend to be these older artists where, where you can hear the life experience and those stories do come through and and their delivery and and the music itself. Yeah, so, no, I'm I'm really interested to hear the rest of the record. We're going to listen to, not not immediately next, but we are going to listen to a track today uh, later on where um, we've got a more modern uh, version of, of, of people talking about black experience and, and the oral history of, of black America, um, which is a different, a different you know, side of, this, of a similar coin, I guess you might say. Um, so it'll be interesting to maybe compare those two in a, in a wee minute as well. But yeah, a fascinating track. I don't think there's any other way to describe it. It's just... just you know, just really, really absorbing and interesting to listen to. And for me anyway, just as good to learn about as much as anything else. Same, absolutely. Yeah, same. Okay, so that I think leads us on to our fourth new track of the day. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you to pronounce this artist, please, in case I make a mistake. What do you think? Uh I'm not hundred percent confident, but I'll go with Nilla for Yanya. Nilla for La- Nil- yeah, there you go. So throat's not helping me there. Nilla for Yanya, and the track is called Midnight Sun. Midnight Sun. Here we go.
Okay, everyone, bingo dobbers at the ready. You're probably going to hear the reference that you're waiting for every week. Here it comes very soon, I'm sure. Will it be Andrew? <laughs> Will it be me? We don't know. Uh, don't that know. was <laughs> that was Midnight Sun by uh, Nilifer Yanya. Uh, right, Andrew, off you. What do you think? <laughs> You've set me up there. I have. Um, well, I've got potentially controversial things to say about this, so I'm going to let you go first. Okay. Um, musically, I think you know it's it's fair to say that that guitar was very reminiscent. I, I was thinking in particular in Rainbow's era, uh, Radiohead. You know, uh, so peace falling into place. In particular, I was going to think of that track. Um, but no, I, I actually really really like this track. Uh, she's somebody who who's been getting a lot of press for like you know ever since she kind of came on the scene really, um, and I've never really been that taken with the tracks that I've heard in the past but with this one I instantly liked it and I've kind of grown to like it even more as I listen to it I think it's a, a really really cool track 
Okay. So what's your what's your controversial opinion? Right. Well, I guess the non-controversial opinion is obviously that this sounds musically quite a bit like Radiohead. That's the non-controversial part. But I think more specifically than that, um, since it's the guitar that sounds so much like Radiohead, um, I would say it's actually not so much Radiohead as Jeff Buckley, where you know Radiohead take a lot of their musical cue, or it certainly did in the past, take a lot of their musical cues from you know Ben's era type of thing. Um, and the guitar method here is 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 quite well. It's quite a well trodden path. So it's it's arpeggios, um, and it's rooted in minor chords for quite a lot of the the, the verse. And it bursts into a major chord for a little a little snippet. Um, and then there's a sort of acoustic section in the middle, a kind of acoustic bridge, um, which is again reminiscent of Jeff Buckley and and, and Radiohead and, and those kind of acts. Um, so, and you would sort of think, right, that given that my tastes tend to go in that direction anyway, that that would just mean that this track is just right up my alleyway. And I just found it so cold. Like, I just found nothing in it to really like. And I thought it was missing a spark of, like, something new, a, a different way of looking at it. Um, and I think that that acoustic section in the middle had that coincided with a change of pace, um, you know, if the pace had gone up significantly and, and, and there'd been a sort of moment of like a jump emotionally at that point. Um, I also found her, her, her delivery, her vocal delivery quite kind of laconic and, um, you know, sort of detached a little bit. Um, and so I couldn't really find myself like getting on board with the feeling of the track whatsoever. Um, there's nothing wrong with the playing. There's nothing wrong with the production. The song is okay. It just left me feeling a bit cold. I just couldn't I couldn't get with it. Even though it's sort of in my wheelhouse of things that I like, it just yeah. never didn't really all sync together for me in a kind of satisfying way. Do you know what I mean? Does that sound does that seem like a reasonable criticism? Um, no, I can, I can see what you mean. I think for me, the vocals, yeah, I wasn't sure about the vocals at first. Um, and in terms of like the the any kind of lyrical message coming across, I would agree with you. I, I don't think it really does. But the, the actual... The vocal melodies, uh, I've been kind of humming them, you know, the last couple of days, and it ha- the song has got into my head, and I, I have that moment of release when it kind of blows out into the kind of, like kind of fuzzy, it's almost like my my bloody Valentine kind of fuzz that kind of comes in yeah. after a few minutes, where I feel like it does kind of have that release of the tension. Um, so I think musically, I, I really really like this track. Um, as I say, lyrically, I didn't quite get on with it as much. There seems to be a lot of stuff about she. She's talked about it being about feeling like she's been pushed down, and um, you know, being held down, um, and trying to re- resist and kind of move away from that. And this kind of idea is this of the sun being the kind of like you know, a guiding light in the darkness kind of thing. So that's kind of what she's going for. But I didn't really. I must admit, I don't really kind of get that in the no, track. I, I don't get it. To. I don't get it. But, I mean, um, impeccable it, influences, yeah, but it just, it just doesn't. Impeccable influences, but I just don't think it totally worked for me, this one. Just wasn't feeling it. Wasn't feeling it. Um, okay. I'm sorry. I feel like I've let the side down there. But actually, what, on my first listen, I thought, all right, okay, there's stuff in here that I like. I'll, I'll get on with this one. But in subsequent lessons, I just found myself whispering it, just hit and skip. I just wasn't really, it just wasn't really getting it for me. So they can't all be hits after all for everybody. Um, Right. 
So let's move on to let's move on to our last new track of the day, um, and this is well one one of the the artists on here is a, a bit of a um, I have a bit of a soft spot for I can't deny I have a bit of a a killer Mike uh, crush going on. Um, I'll always like everything he does, whether that's like uh, rapping without cast or his solo stuff or run the jewels. Basically, if Killer Mike's on it, I'm going to at least give it one listen um, and see where it goes from there. So, uh, yeah, cool track and quite a long list of collaborators here as well. So this is Robert Glasper with Killer Mike, uh, BJ the Chicago Kid, and Big K R I T. Have I got everyone there? You have. Okay. So here we go. This <laughs> this is all those people with a black superhero. Here we go. I'm talking bulletproof, kind of suit, 
reflect the struggle that they put us through with the strength to fight the power like Chuck D do with the insight to be equal note the skies needed a voice that finds reason to multiply people in the streets for the cause marching on Washington miners will be walking through walls type of superhero show up when ain't no one to call better shield you from them shields that been killing us all high beams for eyes to peek the villains in the dark power of resolution for a war would even start the knowledge to build and grow where they live and take care of the kids in the older folk the queen cause they need it most politics with the kings about economic growth QPTSD cause mental health ain't a joke feed the hungry and dope everyone would know everywhere we go idea of how black people in this culture and society are framed and how everything possible is done to sever and diminish your true power. When you speak about the superhero-ness of our communities, every ghetto, every block, every street corner, really all those men and women are divine. So that was Robert Glasper, our last track for today, down and, makes them and feel as though they're black not superhero. They actually are. Yeah. Because they know it when they look in the mirror. I like so, that. I, I like it. Good. Like <laughs> let me just say it. Let me just get out of the way straight away. I like this. I like it. Let's yeah. move on. <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's a good track. Uh, so if I could give you a little bit of background about Robert Glasper, he's a jazz pianist um, who's kind of known for incorporating aspects of hip hop, R and B, uh, gospel into his work in a very kind of cool, casual, contemporary way. Um, he's one of the artists who's kind of ensuring that. Blue Note, the kind of legendary uh, jazz label, he's ensuring that they're kind of uh, living, breathing concern, really, and releasing new music on that label. Um, and he had an album in 2012 called Black Radio uh, that was credited to the Robert Glasper Experiment uh, that won a Grammy for Best R&B Album. And it, it included a, a very ear-catching uh, rendition of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Uh, wow. Amongst the amongst its uh, track listing. Yeah. Um, and then Black Radio 2 came out a couple of years after that. Again, won a Grammy for one of its tracks, um, a Stevie Wonder cover of Jesus Children of America, uh, that again won the Grammy. Uh, he, he was on uh, To Pimp a Butterfly, Kendrick Lamar's masterpiece. Yeah. And uh, he curated the, the soundtrack to the Don Cheadle, Miles Davis biopic as well, uh, a few years ago. So, yeah. Lots of interesting projects. And his last kind of main one was did a really kind of super fun project with uh, Kamasi Washington uh, called Dinner Party uh, that I'd recommend as well. Um, so, yeah, he's been busy, busy guy. Um, and now perhaps inevitably we've got Black Radio 3 coming out. Um, and this is one of the tracks that's going to be on that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think this is... a, a a cool track as we said it's got a, quite an old school 
hip hop feel I would it really say does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's got a sort of big big beat type sound. Um with the with the drum machine and lots of scratching in the background as well. Um and obviously plenty of piano as well, obviously. Um but yeah, I, I really like I, I referred to how much I like Killer Mike before this. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to take a take a, a walk down that path for a wee second. So I don't know if you've ever seen the Netflix show uh, Trigger Warning with Killer Mike. I've seen a few episodes, yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's great. It's pretty good now. So I would describe Killer Mike as obviously foremost he's a a rapper, musician, right? Um but he's also an activist. Um and he's also someone who speaks with like tremendous like intelligence and authority, especially yeah. on subjects relating to race, um mm-hmm. and, and, and his own race and, and his what he sees himself as, as a modern American. Um and when I was watching uh, an episode of Trigger Warning um, I don't know if this is like I, I, I don't know to what extent this is just me being naive or me just not being worldly experienced or whatever but he was talking about how um, he was he was basically encouraging black people in America to use uh, black owned businesses you know um, just for the simple reason that like in, in the show he's just going into various places like the local barbers and some restaurants and, and bars and stuff that he knows locally are owned by by black people. And he's just basically saying, if you value these places, you actually have to go and use them because if you don't use them, they'll just go away. Like, they won't be able to continue. Um, And that actually made me, (laughs) bizarrely enough, made me think about Scottish places. Like, you know, small, small Scottish places that I don't, you know... You know, I drive past the little Scottish shops to get to get to the supermarket and, and all that sort of stuff. And we go to the big chain restaurants rather than going to, you know, the little small family run places. Um, so he's someone that's actually had a sort of profound kind of impact on me, um, you know, as, as a thinker. And most importantly, his music absolutely slaps. Whenever you put Killer Mike on, whenever you put Killer Mike on, you're having a good time. There's no, there's no, no mucking about. He's, he's such a great rapper. Um, on this particular track, I would say that obviously the the the, the title "Black Superhero" kind of gives away some of the ideas lyrically what they end up talking about. Um, so it was a little bit one note lyrically for me. I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you would if you would agree with that or yeah I, f- I think so to a degree um, I, f- I, f- I think one of the, one of the kind of ideas in the track though is you're kind of you're, you're, they're trying to make you look beyond these kind of stereotypical ideas of what a black superhero hero or black savior is you know they talk about these kind of uh, famous characters from the past and famous figures from the past yeah becoming like martyrs that kind of thing so I mean, they're, they're trying to kind of get underneath that idea and suggest that everybody, you know, is a potential black superhero if they if they're not held down by society and that kind of thing. So I, I don't know. I think that there's I think they're kind of playing with that idea whilst also talking about some of those cliches and one note things. Yeah, as well. Um, he says Killer Mike says in in his lit, in his verse on here. Sorry to not talk too much about the other guys, but he's just someone who I'm a bit, a bit of a fan of. So when I heard when I saw his name on the track list, I was I was excited. Um, but he says in his verse, if I was facing death, then I could ask one thing of God. I would ask for every person. Uh, I'm withdrawing a certain word and adding person instead. Every person to be free here and abroad. 
and to be rightfully celebrated as a child of God. And this is the point where I would say there's a clear connection between the music of Pastor Champion that we were listening to before and this this type of music. So there's a deep spirituality in this track as well, um, but it's maybe just presented in a more secular type of way. Um, but yeah, I, a really interesting a really interesting song as well, and and funky and and cool as well. Yeah. Uh, I'll, if you're shouting out Killer Mike, I'll shout BJ the Chicago Kid. So he's he's, he's a he's a he's a cool soul singer. He's actually signed to Motown uh, these days, which is wow. pretty cool. Um, but yeah, he's somebody that hip hop artists will call upon when they want to take their track to church. You know, he is a, he's a great great singer. So yeah, yeah, I think he does some good work on this track as well. Yeah. I really enjoyed this one, and I'm glad that we've got a bit of uh, you know just straightforward hip hop here um, mm-hmm. on this week's on this week's pod, and it, it rounds off a pretty um, a pretty diverse uh, selection of things. I tell you what, um, I, I didn't quite understand, and I'm gonna have to maybe listen to it again a few times and just sort of reflect upon. But you know the sort of spoken word element over the over the end of the track. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I really understood what that was about, to be honest. I mean, I understood what the guy was saying, but I just don't know that I kind of grasped his meaning. Um, what, what did you think about that? Is that something you just kind of let sort of wash over you type of thing? or? or? Um, again, again, I think it's that idea of, you know, people have got potential to, to be whoever they want to be, but but they're being held down by some kind of society. So I think he says that, you know, people create this idea, this idea of a kind of superhero myth to to hide the fact that we're all potentially gods. Yeah, you know, and we can do what we want, kind of thing. So, I'm not sure who it is that's talking at that point. I don't know who it is. There. Yeah, he's saying he says like if you talks about women being goddesses and yeah, being, the the black woman is the personification of God on earth. Is what he says. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I literally understand what he's saying. I just don't know that I kind of fully grasp the meaning or the purpose of what he's saying. It's kind of maybe, I don't know if that's just, you know, where I come from culturally. It's just kind of difficult for me to tune into that sort of thing. But I mean, I'm really open to those types of ideas and really open to listen and, and learn about that sort of stuff. So I do know what you mean. I think it's impressive that, you know, years after the Wu-Tang had Monopoly on um, doing verses, songs, even full albums about comic uh, heroes and that kind of thing that they still managed to find some good bars about um, superhero characters so I think they've done some good work there yeah so, yeah, so that was our last uh, track for the week and only leads to us having to do the final word yeah here it comes here it comes I think yeah. uh, I think listeners you guys are in for a treat this week because this is a this is a, a lovely track lovely this is yep so this is by Betty Barton or as she was known then, Betty Swan. And she was born Betty Jean Champion. So, oh. so that's the link. So um, she was um, the sister of Pastor Champion. Um, so Betty was born one of 14 children. So wow. her pastor and 12 others, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, born in Louisiana. And just an incredible uh, soul singer, uh, one of my favourites. Um, and um, yeah, more more of a more of a singles act. You know, a lot of those artists around that time were they would you know all about their forty fives with two two killer tracks. 
one in each, one in the A side, one in the B side. So yep. not an albums act, but you can't go wrong. Any Betty Swan uh, compilation that you pick up is just going to be a treat. Yeah. Um, so so this one, the, tr- the track that I've picked is taken from, I've got the vinyl here, it's called uh, The Money Masters. And it was released by Kent Records, who do an incredible job of these archival releases. Um, and it's got 14 tracks from between, it's called the original Los Angeles Sessions, 1964 to 1968. And it's all just, it's just colour soul, really. Um, there's another compilation that Honest John's put out as well, uh, Damon Albarn's label. They put this incredible compilation of some of the stuff that she did later on for Capitol Records. So it was a lot of, uh, she actually did a lot of kind of country uh, covers, so like Stand By Your Man and Angel of the Morning and things like that. Oh. But just just an amazing singer and can turn her hand to pretty much anything. Um, the track that I've picked to play is called Make Me Yours, which is probably our kind of, uh, you know, our kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Our signature song. Calling card. Uh, a calling card. And it's just, it says here in the liner notes, um, from the first notes, the track captures the attention and the recording is nothing short of mid-60s soul perfection. And it really is. It's, just it's hard to argue with that description. Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate, I would say. <laughs> uh, 1967. And I think it, it, was, it was number one in the R&B charts and it got to 21 in the Hot 100 in America. So pretty good going. May I take you back one, one step just to debate something with you, Andrew, if that's okay? Sure. So you were you mentioned there a minute ago that she's more known as a kind of singles act rather than a rather than a long player type act. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something quite pure about that, isn't there? There's something got really clever about music in the '60s, rock music, particular and pop music, where the long player became more important than the single at some point. Because um, obviously, you know, lots of British acts when they came out in the '60s were looking to score a big single. And then as technology improved and, and they were just, you know, songwriting craft and technology moved forward, the long player just became, you know, a bigger canvas to paint on, basically. But there's something really, really pure about these soul tracks where, you know, it's just a sort of, you know, as you said, the double A side or whatever, or a single hit of like a really, really pure, well-recorded, well-crafted, beautifully sung track on its own. And that actually the presence of 12 or 13 other tracks that sound kind of similar detract from the, the simplicity and the, and the clarity of the one, in a way. Does that make sense? Or am, 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 am oh, no, I off on absolute, it? Absolute, No, totally, absolutely. Um, yes, so R&B, like more than any other genre, is just so well suited to the 45. And you, you see that you see that with the way that the kind of northern soul scene went on in the kind of the, the 70s and onwards, yeah. you know, just... People, you know, some some artists only made one forty five, but it was just perfect, and and then they went on with the rest of their lives, and that's enough, you know. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, I mean, lots lots of those acts and, and artists that we're talking about there are, are were painting from a quite a similar palette, so similar instrumentation, similar musicians, lots of the time, um, and play, and you know, the, the similar sort of attempt to go for the same sort of emotional range and lyrical ideas and so on so it makes sense that a short burst of that is good because there's a lot of it already um not everyone of course like you know marvin Gaye, what's going on i mean like one of the greatest records ever made clearly um but uh but yeah there's something i think there's something so so great about just listening to a a lovely little slice of soul which we're about to do totally yeah 
Yeah. You know, whatever emotion it is they're trying to get across, whether it's joy or heartbreak or despair, there's something about having it distilled into two and a half minutes that just makes it all the more potent and powerful. Yeah. Um, okay. And 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 this one here, you know, it's three just under three minutes, pure joy. Yeah. Okay. Well that that rounds us off for the week. So I guess it just leaves us to to thank our lovely supporters and listeners um for your usual you know, mixture of text messages, private messages, um, comments on Instagram, uh, tweets and retweets and, and, and all that good stuff. And of course, um, for the, the sponsorship on www.buymeacoffee.com slash wehearedwonders. So if you can do any of that stuff, uh, interact with us or, or support us financially, we, we really, really appreciate it. And it helps keep the podcast rolling and rolling. Absolutely. Looking forward to speaking to you again next week, guys. Yeah. And to miss out, it's Make Me Yours by Betty Swan. Here we go. See you soon. See you later. Make me feel secure and warm Cause my heart